Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, so as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart. Bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and uh, just enjoyed uh, food and fellowship and even a little football. Joyce said no more football, so we'll leave that. We'll let that roll. Um, that was completely accidental. Can't believe I said that. It at least was an entertaining game. Anyway, okay, moving on. No more. All right. Unless the Holy Spirit leads, you know, you got to be open to his. Got to be open to his leading, right? Um, but yeah, isn't, it, isn't Thanksgiving great? Always such a wonderful time of the year. I love it so much. And uh, this morning, I'd like to uh, continue a Thanksgiving theme uh, for our message, uh, and then next Sunday we'll begin a a Christmas uh, series. Uh, and and I also want to highlight the. Christmas play uh, that's that's uh, coming up, um, and let me let me just speak to the whole church because everybody's kind of like really involved in this. I know there's been a ton of work, um, but but perseverance is perseverance when you persevere right there at the end. So keep on uh, working. We're almost there. Uh, we're almost to the to to the end of this. Almost gonna gonna do it. Um, so I mean that like if you're gonna if you've ever run like a race or anything like that, it's it's the last little bit that's the hardest part. And that's where you've got to dig in and persevere. So let's dig in, persevere, and uh, and keep on working. And we will we will uh, bring this together. Uh, and uh, and and what we want to do as we come into this December Christmas season uh, is we want I want to encourage you to stir up the inviter uh, in you and uh, invite people to come to church and especially invite them to come to our Christmas program because they're open. Uh, this time of year, and especially open to coming uh, to Christmas programs, uh, and uh, and and we just believe that you know when someone comes that they that they that they could connect, and uh, we believe if they connect with the church, they'll eventually connect with Jesus, and Jesus changes and transforms our lives. So let's make sure we are inviting. Remember, we we our vision and our desire is to be a life changing church, and uh, so so one of the things I ask of you. Uh, that uh, that many of you do uh, very well uh, is to make seven life changing uh, choices, and if we make these life changing choices, then our lives will change the lives of others, and these choices will change our lives as well. And and, and I just want to remind you of them because as we come into next year, uh, I want to encourage you not only in December but as we come into next year to make these seven life changing. Choices, and, and not only do we have to make them, but we got to do them with faithfulness. We got to do them with with diligence, uh, and and they are this: to attend church faithfully. I know I'm speaking to the choir here. I'm just reminding you: uh, attend church uh, faithfully, um, pray faithfully, give faithfully, invite faithfully, uh, serve 
faithfully, uh, encourage faithfully, and do all of that faithfully with a Christ-like attitude. That's seven uh, life-changing choices, and we could go through and talk about all of them, and I love to because I believe in them, and I believe that they are life-changing, and they'll change your life and change the lives uh, of others. But let's highlight... um, Let's highlight uh, uh, inviting uh, this morning uh, because we're coming into this time and we need to be people who are just inviting and asking people to come, uh, come to church. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Lord stirs and the Holy Spirit pumps you up and, and encourages you. Just go ahead and invite them to Jesus at the same time. And you never know. They may say uh, yes. Uh, so, so we're life-changing church, that means we got to be life-changing people. Life-changing people make life-changing uh, choices. Amen? All right, thank you for that. Um, and there's going to be, you know, I'm going to be on it more and more as we, as we come here near the end. And, and you know I always love to take, it, to take the opportunity to uh, encourage people to faithfully attend church. Um, so we'll hit that one a lot as well. Um, I, I do want to... Uh, to have a Thanksgiving-themed uh, message this morning. And, and where I'd like to start uh, with this uh, is in Psalm 37. I'm going to start reading at verse 1 and then, and then stop at the, at the famous, uh, very popular Psalm 37, 4. Psalm 37, 1 says, Do not fret... It's hard to get by that, isn't it? You can just like pause right there. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those uh, who do wrong. Uh, so, so already, you know, as we dive into Scripture, we run into unpopular ideas. Uh, but that's what the Word of God does. And, and we're, we're biblically correct people, not politically correct people. Um, do not fret because of evil. So there is evil, um, but we're not to fret of it. And... Uh, and don't be envious of those who do wrong. So there are those who do wrong, but we are not to envy them. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Uh, the, uh, the reign of evil and of those who do wrong uh, will increase as we draw near the end times, but there will come a day where it does come to an end. Verse 3. These are just extra things I'm, I'm adding in here. Trust in the Lord and do good. So, so what should we do? Well, we should trust in the Lord and we should do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Verse 4, take delight in the Lord. Uh, or, uh, you know, more popular, delight yourself in the Lord. And He, the Lord, will give you the desires of your heart. Very powerful uh, important uh, passage of Scripture uh, right here uh, that gives us um, such relevant help and truth uh, to life. And, uh, and, and many of you know it, but I think a lot of the times we look at it a little bit wrong. And so I, I want to try to help you this morning to look at this, not, not wrong, uh, maybe, maybe we just get tunnel vision on it. And, uh, and, I, and I'm not saying it's, not, it's, it's wrong, but, it, but just to try to look at it maybe in a different way than we've looked at it before. Because here's, here's kind of where we focus in on, is the, is the God giving us the desires of our heart? And then we think, well, that sounds really good. I certainly want that. So I want to make sure that I delight myself 
in the Lord. So, so that the, the focus really is on the, on the getting the desires of your heart when really the focus should be on the delighting yourself in the Lord. The delighting yourself in the Lord just becomes a means to an end. Right? I want to receive the desires of my heart, so I'm going to delight myself in the Lord. Really, if that's the case, then you're, then you're probably off a little bit, and, and you need to relook at this and rethink this, that really the focus needs to be, I delight in the Lord. He is my all, my focus, my desire, my passion, my, my everything, and so the result then of that is that He will then give me the desires of my heart. Now, there's, there's, a, there's something else here that we, that we need to see, and, and, and it's about the Lord. It's that the Lord clearly here desires to do this. That, that the Lord, I think we could say, delights in us. And because He delights in us, He wants to give to us the desires of our heart. So, in this, we learn something about the word uh, delight and what delight looks like, uh, and, uh, and, and we also learn something about ourselves, and we also learn something about the Lord. Um, so let me break all those somethings down for you. So, so clearly, God delights in us, and so Him delighting in us leads, and, and I could prove that to you um, if you need me to. Uh, you know, just go read uh, Zephaniah three seventeen, and and you can see that the Lord delights in you, uh, that He sings over you songs of deliverance, uh, that you know, and and then you could you could branch from there and and find more and more verses that that would help us to believe and understand that God does delight in us, and because He delights in us, He wants to give to us. But I, I think that this is really important to see that He doesn't just want to give to us, but He wants to give to our specific desires of our unique hearts. That, that He wants to tailor give to us what our hearts need. What our hearts desire. You see, what, what my heart would long for and desire differs a little than, from yours. Now, there's a lot of similarities in it, but it's also unique. And God, because He knows us better than we know ourselves and sees us clearly, knows the desires of our heart, and because He delights in us, just doesn't want to lavish gifts upon us, but He wants to lavish gifts upon us that meet the specific need of our heart's desires. Now, I think that helps us to get a good picture of what delight looks like and what it looks like to delight in someone. What, what, the, what it looks like is this. I wrote it down this way. Um, when, when there is delight in someone, there is a desire to give to meet the heart's desires. When, when I delight in someone, it's not just a desire to give to them. It's, it goes deeper than that Beyond that, it's a desire to give to them, to, to their heart's desires, to their specific needs, to, to who they individually uniquely are. And this is the awesomeness of our God, that He knows the differences of each and every one of us, and He knows how to tailor-made give to us, and He desires to because He delights in us. And the same should be true of us as well, that when we delight, 
we want to give, but not just give. We want to give to, the, to meet the needs of the heart. I think a great way to understand this is, uh, is, to, um, is to bring up the five love languages. I think you know, probably many of you have heard uh, of the five uh, love languages or, or, or have even read the book. I often talk about it you know, when I marriage counsel because it's, it's so important. It's so uh, incredibly helpful. You know, the, the five love languages basically states that, that there are five ways to say I love you and that each and every one of us uniquely hear them differently. That, that we all don't speak the same love languages. Uh, so, so they are, um, they are uh, um, physical, physical touch, um, gifts, uh, acts of service, uh, um, uh, words of affirmation, and uh, quality time. That's it, right there. So... Um, so maybe Holland knows those. Yeah. So, so each and every one of us have a unique makeup to where we, we are receiving and hearing love in different ways. Like for some it could be quality time. And so you spend time with them and they're like, oh, that's love. That's meeting the desires of their heart. Right? But, but for some, it could be words of encouragement. And when you give those words of encouragement, that meets the desires of their heart. That speaks to their specific needs. And when we delight in someone, what that looks like, like this is so important for marriage, this, it should be the case between husband and wife. I'm pointing at Joy because she's my wife. Husband and wife. It should be the case that she delights in me and that I delight in her. If there's not that, then you know you need to you need to seek the Lord, pray, get some marriage counseling, and and work to make sure that that delight uh, flame reignites and is and is burning in your marriage. It should be that I delight in her, and so what that what that looks like is I don't just want to give to her, I want to give to her heart's desires. I want to speak to her love language. So I, I labor and work to, to not only meet, give, that, give that gift to meet that need, but I labor and work also to discover what that need is, what that language is, what her heart uniquely desires. And I give, and it's probably a little different than mine, and I give to meet her needs, and she does the same thing in return to me. If she delights in me, if we delight in someone, we want to give to them, but not just give, give to their heart's desires to speak their language, to meet their need. So now, we see here in, in, in Psalm 4 that, that the delight, that the one we are also to delight in, we're, we're to certainly delight in, in our husband, our wife, and our brothers and sisters in Christ. But our first delight needs to be where? Needs to be the Lord. So if all of this applies, then, then what this means is, is we need to be, because we delight in the Lord, we need to be seeking to discover what are the desires of His heart. And then giving to him, not just gifts, but gifts that meet his specific desires in his heart. 
So, so if we delight in the Lord, what that looks like is I'm searching to know Him that I might give to Him the hearts, His heart's desires. And, and we know that not every gift meets His heart's desires. Right? We learned that very quickly. Genesis chapter 4. Right? Cain brings a gift. Abel brings a gift. God's not delighted in both gifts. He delights in one of the gifts. See, see Abel had something. Uh, he, had, he had a delighting in the Lord that led him to, to seek to, to find what does God's heart desire and then bring him the gift that he wants. So if we delight in the Lord, He'll give us the desires of our heart. Well, what in the world does that mean, to delight in the Lord? It means we seek to know Him, that we might bless Him with our gift that meets His heart's desire. Yes, amen, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, what in the world does God desire? What is God's love language what gift would he want from us? I think that's a good, a good question. What does God desire? What can I bring him? What gift can I give to him? And uh, I think he reveals the answer to us uh, just over a few, a few chapters in Psalm 50. Psalm 50 is, is, is pretty unique, or, or maybe not unique, it's just, it's just cool, I guess, uh, because because God kind of steps out on the scene and we see the awesomeness of God. And then God speaks and tells us what He wants. Not, not what He needs. He tells us that. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't need anything. He tells us what He wants. Psalm 50. We'll, we'll start at verse 1. I'm going to read, just, just for your info, this may encourage you or, or may not, I don't know, but... I'm going to read this whole thing, all of Psalm 50, so pray for me, pray for you, uh, however, that, however that works out. The Mighty One, God the Lord, because that's what He is, He is awesome and glorious, uh, holy and true, uh, mighty, the Almighty, so, so just so we're clear here, who's about to speaks as the mighty one God the Lord speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to where it sets. So he speaks and, and calls the earth to attention. From Zion, perfect in, in beauty, God shines forth. See, we've already made it through two verses, so we're rocking and rolling. Our God comes and will not be silent. He, he's coming to speak and, and, and not only that he will not be silent, but no one can silence him. A fire devours before him, and around him a tempest rages. He summons the heavens above and the earth, that he may judge his people. He calls, calls everything to attention, that he may judge his people. And then, and then he's going to speak. Gather to me this consecrated people, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens proclaim His righteousness, for He is a God of justice. God, he, he, is, he is a God of righteousness, and He is a God of justice. It's a good thing for us to remember. Listen, my people, and I will speak. 
I will testify against you, Israel. I am God, your God. I bring no charges against you concerning your sacrifices or concerning your burnt offerings, which are ever before me. He says, so, so you guys are, you, you know, you're faithfully bringing your sacrifices and, and burnt offerings, and I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not going to you know, rebuke you or charge you in that, in that case because you're doing all of that. But then he says, I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens. For every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. Right? You've, heard, you've heard that said, right? God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't, he doesn't need a thing. Right? He says, he says I, don't, I, don't, I don't need anything that you can bring to me. You bring me any animal. They're all mine anyway. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. Now God, God doesn't need us to, to give to him because he needs us to give to him. And he owns, he, if he was hungry, he would just meet his own hunger. The whole world is his. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? And he said, so, so these sacrifices that are, that are coming, are, does, does God eat that? Does he, does he drink that? Does, does he meet his hunger and does he meet his need and fulfill his hunger in that way? You know, verse, verse 14, uh, so, so now God uh, is going to reveal something to us. He, he says this, Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. And call on me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Verse 14 and 15, God kind of shows us Himself, He shows us His heart and says, says, you know, all these sacrifices that you're bringing, you know, all the bull sacrificed and, and the blood shed and all of these, all of these gifts. He says, you know, you know, all of that's great and, and, and you're doing it and you're doing it faithfully. He said, but what I really desire back in verse 14 is thank offerings. What I really desire is a heart of thankfulness uh, back in verse 14. There is for you to bring to me uh, a sacrifice of thanksgiving, thank offerings to God, and for you to fulfill your vows to the Most High, and for you in your time of need to cry out to me, and I'll come and save you, and then you will honor me. So God, uh, God kind of shows Himself here uh, and and reveals who he is, uh, and, uh, and, and we see that when you really begin to look at and investigate uh, thank offerings and vow offerings, what, what you'll find is that there is a category of offerings, and there are three categories that fall under that category of offerings. The three categories are thank offering, a vow offering, and a free will offering. These are found in Leviticus uh, chapter 7. And all three of these offerings fall under the category of a fellowship offering. Out of, out of the fellowship offering comes a thanksgiving offering. 
comes a vow offering and comes a free will offering. So, so here we're getting, uh, I think, some, some real gold when it comes to relationship health between one another, marriage relationship health, uh, church relationship health, and also relationship help with God. And what we see here about the heart of God is he, is he says, you know, all those other offerings, you're doing those. All those other sacrifices, you're doing those things. But he draws our attention to the fellowship offering. Because what God desires, the desire of his heart, is relationship with us. That he wants us to draw near to Him. That He wants us to enter into communion, fellowship, relationship with Him. And the fellowship offerings are, are keys to what we bring to God and offer to God that bring us into deeper, more intimate, more beautiful relationship with Him and will also bring that kind of health and intimacy to our relationships with one another. The, the thank offering was, uh, was, was, was to be given um, like thanks is given. Like if someone does something for you, then you give thanks. So, so the thank offering was, I'm bringing this offering because God has saved me. I'm bringing this offering because He's blessed me. I'm bringing this offering because He protected my family in this time. I'm saying thank you to Him for something that He's done for me. Right? It's, it's like the ten guys with leprosy that Jesus healed and they walked away and, and Jesus had healed all ten of them and, and they were not able to heal themselves. This was, a, in that time, this was a disease to death. If you had leprosy, it was a slow death. And, 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 and there was nothing you could do. Jesus healed them. They all left. One guy, the light comes on, ding, ding, ding. I should give a thank offering. Because I've been healed of what I could never heal myself of. And so he goes back to Jesus and says this, thank you. That's a thank offering. Jesus has healed him. That is an offering that as the people of God, all of us are to give. Because he has healed us from sin. He has healed us from death. We could never save ourselves from these things. He has saved us. And so we come with a thank offering that he certainly is worthy of. Wasn't he worthy of, the, of, the, of, the, of all ten of the lepers coming back to him and saying, thank you? Absolutely he was. Only one did. I've just purposed in my heart, I'm going to be the only one. If it's only me, he saved me, changed me, delivered me, healed me, set me free, filled my heart with joy and peace. I have an eternal life, I have an eternal home that awaits me, and, and all of that is worth me saying thank you. Right? That's, that's why we're people of praise. That's why we're people of worship. That's why it's entirely fitting to clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph, because he's worthy a thank offering. He's worthy of thanksgiving. Let this revelation come to the church. There's got to get something down inside of the people of God that recognize that he saved me and I will say thank you to him. He's, he's worthy of a thank offering. That's what a thank offering is. And then, and then a vow offering is also 
desired by God and also very much needed. A vow offering, uh, I think we can understand by reading uh, Psalm, Psalm 7, 17. We could read all kinds of psalm like this, but, psalms like this, but we'll just read this one. Psalm 7, uh, 17 uh, says this. It says, I will give thanks to the Lord because of His righteousness I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord Most High. You see, it's a vow being made, recognizing the righteousness of God, recognizing the Most Highness of God, the awesomeness of God, and saying because of that, I will give thanks. I will sing praise. This is, this is a declaring that I'm going to praise Him, I'm going to thank Him, I'm going to worship Him. It's making a vow. It's, it's making a vow like this, you know. I'm going to go to church, and in church I will praise Him. That's making that kind of a vow. Or, or you know, or, or recognizing that down the road hard times will come, and saying that when hard times come, I will not curse Him, I will praise Him. I will give Him thanks. Recognizing that there's going to be cloudy days and, and saying, you know what, when there's a cloudy day, I'm going to praise Him. I will give Him thanks. You've got to do that. You've got to make those vows. Now, now, now you know, Scripture tells us not to, not to, to, to vow uh, foolishly. This is not a foolish vow. This is a needed vow. Recognizing that trouble comes and when trouble comes, already vowing here, when it's not come yet, that when trouble comes, I'm going to thank Him, I'm going to bless Him, I'm going to exalt Him, I'm going to praise His holy name. Recognize that, 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 when, that when things don't work out the way I thought they would work out, because that's going to happen, right? Because we don't see everything that God sees, and, and we're going to get down the road, and we're going to ask God for something to do it one way, and He's going to do something the other, and we're going to say, what in the world are you doing, God? I don't understand. We've got a vow right now that when that happens, I will praise you, I will thank you, I will trust in you. That is a vow offering. You make that vow, and then when it comes time to, 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 to fulfill the vow, and everything doesn't work out the way that you thought it would, and, 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 it's, and it's a rainy day and trouble comes, then you give Him thanks and praise because you vowed that you would. You bring that vow offering to the Lord. So, so there's the, the thank offering. He's done something, or, or you know, these, these work in relationships as well, right? This is good for our relationship with our Heavenly Father, also good for our relationships with one another, right? right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give thanks to my wife when she does good for things to me, when she, when she blesses me, when, you know, when she brings me a, 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 a glass of tea. Thank you. That's a, that's a thank offering. You know, when, when, and, 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 you know, for me, Joy does so many things. I can just say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank uh, you. I do very little. <laughs> um, so there's... So there's that giving thanks for what has, been, what has been given. You know, she cooks a delicious dinner at night. It's fitting, appropriate to say, thank you. Thank you. Right? But then there's, there's the, the, uh, the, the blessing and the thanks and the praise that comes with a vow that I made on my, on my wedding day. Right in sickness 
or in health. I'm going to thank. I'm going to bless. I'm going to be faithful. There's that vow giving that comes into play as well. There, That's got to be there. Both of those got to be there. And then, then thirdly, there is uh, under, the, under, the, uh, under the fellowship offering, there is the free will offering. And this one's so beautiful to me. Because it's, it's, just the, it's just out of my delight, out of my desire. Just because I delight in you, just because I love you, I'm going to give to you. This is, the, this is the, it's not our anniversary, and she hasn't done anything nice, and yet I bring home roses anyway. That's the free will offering. It's the gift that comes because I just love her, just because I delight, just because I want to which I don't do enough of. Sorry, babe. you got to slow down enough, I think, to, to recognize there, there's, there is needed here in this moment a free will offering. you got to have time to make it happen. And that needs to be in our relationships with one another, but it also needs to be in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And that's what He is longing for. That's what He is desiring. He, he wants the thank offering that is fitting and, and He deserves, and He wants that vow offering that you said, I will sing, I will praise, I will give thanks. And then there's also the free will offering where, where, where you just... You know, the way I think of it is, is how my grandfather would do it. You know, just out on a pier fishing and say, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Just driving down the road and we're, we're in traffic and, oh, God, I love you. I give you glory and honor. I bless your holy name. I, I, that's how I remember it. I don't know how exactly it looks for everyone, but it's just, it's just coming out of my delight. It's, it's yeah. I mean, it comes from that he's healed me and saved me and changed me. But it's gotten deeper than that and more than that. It's, it's in the process. I've fallen in love with him and I, and I delight in him. And so flowing out of my delight in him just is this free will, spontaneous offering that comes forth. You know, I don't, I don't know, maybe you're sitting at the dinner table and you just, you know, lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Or maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe I can't even, you know, maybe it's a day when, 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 when a, when everything's kind of going bad around you and, and in that moment you do something unique and special for the Lord. It's a free will offering. It doesn't come from a vow or, 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 or return thanks just out of my desire, out of my delight, giving, giving because I want to give. Not because it's Valentine's Day. Just because I delight in her. Just because I delight in Him. We start to see the desires of God's heart is that He wants relationship with us. He wants that. He wants that fellowship offering. He wants that thanks, that vow, that free will coming to Him and worshiping Him and honoring Him and thanking Him and blessing His holy name. So we see. You know, so, so maybe answer to answer to God's answer to our question. But what is God's desires is certainly relationship, certainly relationship with us, and, and, and great help to that are these three offerings under the fellowship offering of thanks, vow, and free will. Now, going back to uh, Psalm 50, 
He says this in 15. He says, and call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honor me. So I think we see secondly here a desire of our, of our, our Lord's heart is honor. For, for Him to be exalted and glorified and, and honored in everything that we do to honor God. And this is also so important to not only our relationship with Him, but our relationships with one another. Honor is, is great for relationship. When we work to honor uh, one another, uh, that, that brings, to get, that brings uh, uh, such health to uh, relationships. And, and how do you, how do you, uh, how do you honor? It goes right back to these fellowship offerings, thanks offering, a vow offering, a free will offering. When we're bringing those offerings, uh, then we are honoring the Lord. So, uh, so, so here we, you know, Psalm 37, 4 says to us, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What does that delight mean? What does that mean? It means that, that we are that we are seeking to know the desires of God's heart, that we may give them. And here we're, we're discovering the desires of God's heart, and so much of it revolves around thanksgiving. So much of it revolves around our worship and our praise and, and giving Him thanks and honor, and that brings us into relationship with Him. Now, we get back here into, into Psalm 50. and In verse 16, He's, he's now going to speak to the wicked, uh, and then, uh, and then this will end with uh, with some instruction back to uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, but the wicked person, but to the wicked person. Uh, so, so again, you know, I know not a popular idea here, but but uh, who cares about that? Uh, there are wicked persons. But to the wicked person, God says, "What right have you to recite my laws or take my covenant on your lips?" R- remember, God is. God is loving perfectly and, and good perfectly, and He is also perfectly righteous and just. Verse 17, uh, listen to this description of the wicked uh, and, and, and see if it doesn't fit like, a, like much of our culture. You hate my instruction and cast my words behind you. You get a picture of that? There is... The one who does not delight in the Lord doesn't, doesn't at all desire the Word of God. And when the Word comes, it's like it's, it's taken and cast behind them. You know? Or, or when the Word is given, it's like it's taken and crumpled up and just, that's the picture I get. Like handed, crumpled up, thrown behind them. Just thrown, just thrown away. And, 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 you know, in our culture, what has happened to the Word of God? It's it's cast away. It's been thrown away. Its, it's instruction is no longer needed or, or desired or relevant is, is what is said. And it's crumpled up and thrown behind. It's, it's kicked out of our schools. That really helped, didn't it? What a wonderful place those are. We, we need the Word of God back in our, in our schools. It's, it's been kicked out of the family. How has that worked? How's the family looking? It's, it's cast and thrown behind. And we need the Word of God back in our families. And, 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 it's, and it's being kicked out of our churches. However in the world that works, it doesn't. It doesn't work. How's the church looking? We need the Word of God 
in our uh, churches. There's a a hating of the instructions of the Lord and a casting of those words behind, but, but certainly not for the one who delights in the Lord. Verse 18, when you, listen to this, when you see a thief, uh, you join with them, you throw in your lot with the adulteress. Right? There's, there's not a, there's not a, a, um, a, a rejecting of the wicked and, a, and an avoiding of the wicked like Scripture tells us to. Isn't that what Psalms 1 tells us? Uh, to, uh, to not join with the sinners to not sit with them, to not walk in their past, to not listen to their counsel, but, but instead to do what? To, to meditate on the Word of the Lord day and night. To delight in God's Word and meditate on it day and night. But we see the opposite here. And instead, if you see a, if you see a thief, uh, they go ahead and they join uh, right with them. And they, and they throw in their lot with the adulteress. And they, and they approve of it and, and all, who, all who do that. Verse 19, uh, you use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue for deceit. There is a using of the, of the mouth for evil, a harnessing of the tongue for deceit. This, this mouth that has been created to, to bless and to exalt and glorify the Lord is, is used uh, to bring, instead of life, destruction. You sit and testify against your brother, and slander your own mother's son. There's a division between, uh, between brothers. War between uh, brothers in, instead of unity. But what do we know about, again, this is a casting of the word behind us. What do we know about you know, unity? You know, Psalm uh, 133, how good and pleasant it is when, when brothers live together in unity. Verse 21, uh, when you did these things, I, when you did these things, and I kept silent, you thought I was exactly like you. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? This, this, this thinking that God is what we make Him to be. That God is what we think He is. That God is how we believe He should be. And, and, and if God doesn't line up to exactly what we think He ought to be, then we get rid of Him and we get upset with Him because He's not the God that I want Him to be. That's, that is 100% idol worship. Idol worship is you, is you take and you make God what you want Him to be, and then you worship the God that you made that you want Him to be the, the way you want Him to be. But, but that's not who God is, and God will never conform to who you want Him to be. He is God who He is, and that is who He will be. And that's, and that's what we want, because why in the world do I want to worship a God that I formed and fashioned? Then that's not a God at all. Rather worship a God who formed and fashioned me, who is, uh, who was, who is to come, who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and will not change because I change. But now, but I now arraign you and set my accusations before you. Consider this, you who forget God. Or I will tear you to pieces with no one to rescue you. You say, wow, that's, that's, that's going to happen. Read Revelation 19. At the, at the, at the, the last battle there, the, uh, the birds from around the world are summoned to the battlefield where they 
tear the wicked to pieces uh, with no one, no one to rescue you. Uh, consider this, you who forget God. Uh, that, that's the wicked, uh, but that's not the righteous. The righteous are riding on white horse, clothed in robes, uh, together with our Lord and Savior, uh, who, who win the battle and observe the destruction of the wicked. I, I, I want to be on the white horse, not being torn to pieces by the birds. I don't want to be among those who forget God. Consider this, you who forget God, or I will tear you to pieces with no one to rescue you. And then, and then he brings it back in to this thank offering. Those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me and also brings it in to the honor. Here we see a God who desires relationship, a God who desires to be honored, and those who delight in Him will bring Him the desires of His heart. And we will come and offer thank offerings, vow offerings, free will offerings that bless Him and exalt Him and honor Him and glorify His name. And then He says this to them, this is so interesting to me. He says, unto the blameless, I will show my salvation. Those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me. And to the blameless, I will show my salvation. But where in the world, or how in the world, can we become blameless? How can we who are, who are so stained with sin, who are so helplessly defeated and enslaved by, by sin, by our enemy, how in the world can we come to a place of being blameless? It's only, only through the sacrifice, through the blood of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, who came because He knew that we could never achieve this on our own. And as Joy read this morning in Psalm 118, He came and He has become our salvation. He is our song. He is our uh, salvation. And in Him, we are blameless. Not because of anything that we have done, but because of everything that He has done. Because He came to the cross for my sins and broke the power of sin off of my life and wiped my sins away from me as far as the east is from the west. And now me, a, 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 a sinner, right? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now Jason, a filthy sinner who fell short of the glory of God and lived a rebellious and lukewarm, a sinful life. Now, now because of Jesus... I stand before Him blameless. I stand before Him redeemed, reconciled, cleansed. And, and the enemy comes, and what does he do? He blames. He brings accusation after accusation after accusation and blames and blames and blames and reminds me and, and, the, and the righteous judge of all the wicked things that I've done. And they're many. And they are many. Right? And, and they are for you too. Right? Because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that this is true. We fall short of our own standards for ourselves. There's a Jason that I want to be and I continually fall short of him. 
And if I can't even, if I can't even measure up to the Jason that I want to be, how much more do I fall short of the Jason that God wants me to be? But because of Jesus, all, the, all that blame is gone. Because of Jesus, all that accusation is gone. And I stand before Him blameless. And there is now, therefore, in Christ Jesus, no condemnation that can be brought against my life because of the blood of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I see His salvation. And the result then is should be is that I come to Him. But, but, I, but I don't need to come with bulls or, or blood because Jesus came and shed His blood once for all. So now the offering that I bring is a fellowship offering. And I enter into His gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I enter into His courts with praise. I come into Him into relationship with Him, I don't come empty-handed. I come blameless and cleansed because of Christ, but I come with thanksgiving. I come with worship. I come with a song. I come with bless Your holy name. I bring in my thanks. I bring in my vow. I bring in my free will offering, and I lay them at His feet, and He does desire those. He doesn't desire blood, Jesus has, has paid the price. He doesn't desire a bull or a goat. Jesus is the one-time sacrifice. But there are desires in his heart. And it is my thanksgiving brought to him and laid at his feet. Because he, has, because he has been good. Because I have made a vow. And just because I want to. My kids ask me that sometimes. Dad, why are you, why are you praising the Lord right here? You're making tacos. or ta- I don't ever make tacos. Anyway, that's just what came to my mind first. You're making waffles. Why are you praising the Lord? And my response is, do I have to have a reason? Just because I want to. Just bring a free will gift. But if I, if I need to give a reason, then I certainly can. Because He loves me with an everlasting love. Because He has shown me His goodness time and time again. Because He saved me when I could never save myself. He freed me from my sins that had me helplessly bound and imprisoned. He is good and kind and merciful and gracious and compassionate. And in Him I have found abundant life and eternal life. So I will praise Him. I will bless Him. I will exalt His holy name. I'm going to do it because He deserves it. I'm going to do it because I promise to. And I'm going to do it just because I want to. And that is what it looks like to delight in the Lord. And when we delight in Him, then He comes and gives to us the desires of our heart. God desires relationship with us. It's, it's mind-blowing, but it's true. And He desires to be honored. And our thanksgiving powerfully works to help with both of those and bring to God the actual desires of His heart. Let's be a people, the people of God, who, 
who are concerned about more than just heaven. Let's be an, an escaping hell. Let's, as the people of God, be a people who, who delight in Him, who desire Him, who want to come into His gates, want to come into His courts, want to be in His presence, and because we delight in Him, want to give Him a gift that is, that is tailor-made to meet the desires of His heart. And if He gives us then the desires of our heart, so be it. If He doesn't, so be it. It's not about that. It's about me delighting in Him and bringing to Him the desires of His heart. But He is a man of His word, or, 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 or a God of His word. Man is, And He will do what He has said He will do. And when we delight in Him, will give to us the desires of our heart. And this will create some kind of unending worship as we, as we receive the desires of our heart and give Him thanks again for that. And then He will bless us again and then we'll give Him thanks for that and just because we want to and, and on and on and on it goes. Let's pray. Ask the Lord to help us with this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we, we sang this morning about your goodness. And, and we know that surely you are. I can, I can testify and say that all that I have seen is the goodness of God. And I can also testify and say that I do not deserve it. But you have poured it out upon me anyway. And the greatest good gift that you have ever given is the gift of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You did that because you loved us and didn't want any of us to perish. And we say thank you this morning, Lord. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for forgiveness and salvation and freedom and peace. We bless you and exalt your holy name. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to be a people who have moved past wanting to receive from you and have come to the place of wanting to give to you. And that we will give out of delight and will give to the desires of your heart. Lord, as we delight in you, help us to, to seek to know you more and more. Knowing the promises in Jeremiah 29 that as we seek to know you, we will find you, we will know you. And as we seek to know you, Lord, we will see the desires of your heart. And we will labor and strive to give to you what your heart desires. Help us with this, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. This, this morning, if you have not 
opened your heart and received the gift that God has given of His Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But today you want to do that. I just ask you to raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I see your hand. If you're watching online or listening to the podcast, you can just raise your hand just as a sign there that you want to receive the free gift of God. His Son, our Savior and Lord Jesus. If you're watching online and for all of you right here or listening, just pray with me. Just repeat after me. And let's open our hearts and make Jesus the Lord of our lives. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I open up my heart and I receive you, your forgiveness, your salvation, your sacrifice, your freedom. And Jesus, I ask you to be the Lord of my life, my forever passion, my first desire, my first true delight. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Have a great uh, week. Uh, We'll fire up Christmas celebrations uh, next Sunday. Uh, Be the people of God. With all of your heart, delight in Him. God bless.